you and good morning everybody. Um, I'm really pleased to be here and I'm going to give you um, some findings from a range of research that Ofcom conducts into children's media. Um, our flagship study is our children's media literacy audit which has been running for the last 10 years and so in fact when it comes to be published um, sort of towards the end of the autumn this year, that will be um, hopefully a very interesting study for you because it will be, will be highlighting um, the 10 years of trends um, that we've got across our data. It covers children predominantly aged 5 to 15 and covers um, a range of platforms, TV, radio, games, mobiles and indeed obviously a lot of online information. Um, and we've also started talking to um, parents of 3 to 4 year olds as well in the last couple of years. So we've got some very interesting um, understanding of what very small children are doing with their media. Um, as I said, our latest report, as I say, was, was published last October and the field work for it was, was happened um, in the spring of last year. So that's just to give you a context of, as I say, our major um, children's report. Another um, quant study that I'm going to show you a few findings from today is our Digital Day project. Um, and as well as being fascinating for children um, in terms of understanding children's media use, it is, I'd recommend it as a, as a good read to understand what adults um, are doing. What we did was... Um, to give um, over whatever it was, um, 1,600 adults um, a diary, um, this, this diary that you can see on the screen, and every 15 minutes they had to fill in um, what they were doing in terms of their media activities. Children had a kind of um, a slightly simpler one and did it for slightly, um, they did it for three days, I think, whereas the adults did it across an entire week. And as I say, it gives you a very, very granular and interesting picture of quite what people are doing and indeed the extent of overlap, um, which actually I'm not touching on today. Um, and then last but not least, obviously these are quant studies. Um, it's really important, as you all know, to get the qual perspective as well. And this year we've begun um, a project called Children's Media Lives. And this is um, looking at these um, 18 children who are aged between 8 and 15 and we're going to be tracking them over the next three years um, to really get some hopeful well they're already fascinating insights but it will only grow in value to really understand how children's uh, media use is embedded in their daily lives and I think that's that's the really critical element um, and, and value that we get from this so um, moving on to some findings. Um, firstly, what I want to do is set the scene with um, a reminder of how things have changed in terms of um, how children are going online. So this um, slide here, um, where we asked children what device they mostly use to go online. So this is really showing their absolute kind of core preference um, in what they use. So, and this is from 2011. So as you can see, it's dominated by the use of laptops um, in the purple there and um, the PC in the green. Um, and with a very small presence there on the far right um, for mobile phones are mostly preferred by 5% of 12 to 15s to go online back in 2011. Um, so I'm going to take you through each of those devices one by one, and you know this is this is terribly high tech for Ofcom. Um, the fact that uh, this 
this changes um, as you can see. But first of all, we're going to focus on the use of laptops, so that purple bar, and see what happens to that. That obviously decreases over time. Now in 2014, um, you can see that that's fallen across all the age groups. The same thing can be seen for um, the PC. That's gone down, again, as their preferred device. This isn't the absolute figures, but this is their preferred device. Um, and there's been a big rise, as you can see there, um, in the numbers saying that they prefer their mobile phone to go online. So that's now over a quarter of 12 to 15. <coughs> and tablets, um, you know, from an absolute pretty much zero back in 2011, you can see that that's grown substantially as the most preferred device, especially by younger children. And then, because in the last year or so we've started asking um, parents, indeed, of three to four-year-olds what their preferred device is, you can see there that, you know, unsurprisingly in a way, that tablets are absolutely dominant um, as the thing that they want most. I think that the, one of the things that, that this really brings, um, brings up is the way that children's online experiences are predominantly taking place now via devices that are smaller, that are more mobile, and that critically can be used out of sight of parents or carers. Um, and this point that children's online behavior is becoming less visible to parents than pr previously. Different families have very different configurations and rules about what could be used where. And again, from our sample, which again, obviously, it's a small sample. We don't make any claims for it being fully representative. But nonetheless, it's, it's illuminating and it's illustrative, I think. Um, again, you know, some, some children had very, very minimal supervision indeed. And were, you know, they, had, they were, might have been in big houses. And their parents essentially didn't know, you know where the, A, where they were, and B, certainly what they were doing. Others were incredibly tightly policed by their parents. One girl having um, being told that really she only had like three websites I think that she was allowed to go on and she was absolutely monitored very very closely. Um, and as I said, linked to that a number of the parents in our qual sample were unaware that their children were online. So for example there was one 12 year old um, who had been um, banned from using the internet by his mum, but he was merrily using the Xbox in his bedroom, and she was unaware um, that that was actually, you know, that could um, take the child online. And similarly, another boy, age 10, had, again, he'd been, you know, his devices had been taken away from him because he'd been naughty, but um, he was still allowed to watch TV, and the TV was a smart TV, so he was able to watch um, his YouTube quite happily. And so, again, these things are very picked up um, as we went through the fieldwork. I now want to show you some, again, sort of moving across, that's showing them the... Um, range of devices that they're using to access various media and so what types of media activity honing in on that um, what are they doing across the different platforms um, this is a set of slides from the digital day research um, they they look rather dense but i'm going to take you through them um, step by step and they do really show um, the differences particularly between the different age groups um, and compared to all adults um, of different media activities so this shows the proportion of their time that children are spending on different media activities. And you can see that ranges from um, TV or films on a TV set in the purple through to short video clips in the pinky red um, to non-radio non audio in yellow, text communications in green, games in red, 
and then other internet activities in blue. As you see here, um, adults spend 37% of their total media and communications time watching programs on a TV set and 16% on text communications. Comparing that to 16 to 24s, they spend kind of similar-ish amounts of time on these two activities, 24% um, for TV and 23% um, for text, so around a quarter each of their total comms time is spent on those. Younger children, the 6 to 11s, have TV viewing patterns that are more similar to the all-adult picture, although gaming there, highlighted in red, tends to take the place of time that UK adults spend on text communications. And interestingly, there's virtually no um, print media, which we also asked about featuring with young children. Um, there's some that's being consumed, but it makes up um, less than 1% of the total media time. And in terms of minutes, that's 520 minutes compared to over 66,000 for TV and films. So there's this kind of massive differential there, and it really underlines um, the lack of, of, of print activity amongst children. When we look at secondary school age children, we can see that they're already shifting towards patterns that are much similar, more similar to um, 16 to 24 year olds. With text communication, they're starting to increase and TV viewing decreasing. The next slide focuses on all watching activities, which I thought would be relevant um, for this conference, um, or what we like to call our share of eye metric. Um, over two thirds of um, of the time that adults engage in these watching activities is live TV, followed by around a sixth of their time um, to recorded TV. And then compare that to 16 to 24s, um, where around half of their time is spent watching pull TV, such as the short online video clips, DVDs, and so on. Looking at 11 to 15s, Again, just over half their time is spent on live TV, um, but they're spending a significantly, um, a significant proportion of their time watching these short online video clips at 19% there, compared to 2% um, for all adults. And then, although children aged 6 to 11 spend um, half the amount of time um, on recorded TV compared to all adults, so you can see they're highlighted 8% versus the 16% for all adults. They spend an awful lot more time watching the physical formats such as DVDs or Blu-rays. They've got 12% there compared to 5% um, for all adults. So does all this um, tally with what our other research is telling us? I think it's interesting that, that this and also as you'll all be familiar with, you know, Barb um, um, statistics obviously do show um, the extent to which, you know, live TV is still very important and dominant for children's, um, children's media use. But they are attitudinally they're definitely in terms of you know research and being asked about what what's their favorite what they prefer all those sorts of things their preferences short form video and particularly youtube is 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 coming um you know is is becoming extremely um popular so when we asked um whether they preferred to watch youtube channels or 
TV channels. Um, you know, while TV still has just about the edge, it's only just about. And in fact, um, both eight to eleven years, eight, eight to elevens, and twelve to fifteens, um, and you know, a significant proportion of them are now saying that they prefer either that they prefer to watch YouTube or that they prefer um, them equally. And when we discount, remove those that say they never watch. So when we're only focused on those respondents that both watch TV and watch YouTube, um, while again um, the TV, you know, just about um, comes through, it's it's only just. And as I say, so therefore the the feeling and the preference amongst children um, is very much that YouTube is is a fantastic thing. So far, I've focused on what children are doing with their media. Um, understanding these ways of consumption, obviously, is really important, um, not least because they are so different by age group. But arguably, what's of more importance is to understand um, children's awareness about the media that they consume, how savvy they are about the information that they both receive and give out, and how knowledgeable they are about the commercial environment in which they are largely consuming their media. So first of all, um, this is a reminder of where they say that they get their news from. We wanted to understand more about children's use of different sites for different um, types of information, not least, again, to sort of see how YouTube is growing as a, as a direct source of information. So we asked them which um, site they would go to first for these types um, of information. And we can see here that for serious things that are going on in the world, um, the BBC is, is very important um, for children's news information. But when it comes to fun things like hobbies and interests and how to build or, or do creative things, um, Google and YouTube there in the blue are um, particularly important for kids as is social media for, again, fun things, learning about fun things um, and, and interests. So what do children understand um, in terms of, you know, they're using these sites, they're going to them, they're seeing them as sources of information. How do, what do they understand about these, how these sites operate and about TV operates in terms of who funds it, what is advertising and what isn't advertising? In our, again, in our quant research, we showed children a screen grab of a Google um, results page and asked whether they knew what the shaded box meant. And this was a year or so back when, indeed, there was a shaded box. It has sort of shifted on from there. Um, one in eight children of aged 8 to 11 who use search engines said correctly that those are the sponsored links um, or ads, and that um, around one-third of 12 to 15 said that. Um, but large numbers of children simply don't know what they are, and around one quarter um, in each age group give the wrong response, i.e. that they're kind of the best results or um, what have you. And so again, I think considering the extent to which children are using search engines, and as we saw, you know, there's a significant amount of them that would go to, the, to them first to find trusted and accurate information about serious things that are going on in the world. This level of understanding about what is an advertising message and what isn't, I think, should give us some food for thought. Overall, um, in our Children's Media Live sample, we found low levels of understanding um, about these various types of advertising. 
And I think it, while in some ways this is quite a kind of obvious statement and, um, you know, children in terms of their cognitive development are, you know, are just at a stage where such kind of critical understanding is, is, is um, it, it's not, as I say, it's not surprising that they're not having it. Nonetheless, given the very commercialised world in which they are increasingly operating online, um, I think they are important um, issues. And again, not least, that children, certainly from our sample, tend to see advertising as a mark of credibility and trustworthiness of a particular site or service. So, for example, um, they felt that you know, if a site had lots of familiar brands, then that site was big enough and rep meant it was big enough and reputable enough for those brands to trust them with the ads, um, which meant that the children could trust them too. So there was that, you know, sort of way of, of thinking and, and processing um, about the relationship um, between advertising and particular brands that was, that was quite telling. Um, and as the clip I'm going to show you shows, there was no awareness of personalised advertising amongst the children either. When it was explained to them, they just found it peculiar that um, why would they be being targeted when it was their mum or their dad that was doing the weekly shop or what have you. Um, and in addition, they had very little awareness um, of things like product placement, particularly potentially um, on YouTube and with bloggers, or about the sponsorship of games. Okay, um, just to summarise very, very quickly, I think, you know, just three core things to say. You know, I think there's, there's been a massive amount of change over the last five years in terms of online behaviour. Social media and gaming and short-form video are increasingly um, overlapping and somewhat blurred in terms of how children are using them and interacting with them. And I do think, you know, to, to, to end on this, this, this children's knowledge is really quite limited of the commercial parameters, um, uh, you know, in, in which they are consuming. Thank you. Has anyone got any questions for Alison? Whether Ofcom have a response to um, what's currently a quite um, substantial threat to media education, looking at what you were saying about um, children's responses to adverts, um, and given that the, the, this currently kind of almost by stealth uh, a decimation of media studies at GCSE, possibly at A-level, and also um, uh, obviously it's been kind of marginalised in lower down in the curriculum. I just wondered whether you, whether Ofcom um, had, a, had a view on, on that because I think the two things are really clearly linked. Mm. I think that it's, it's really important for um, children and indeed adults to have this, um, to, ha to be able to have these kind of cognitive skills, critical understanding, you know, call it, it can be called a, a an array of things. I think that's not necessarily the case, though. That it's it's something that that is you know resides solely within media studies. I think it's it's something that really does need to be you know across the board and and something that is engendered you know across the curriculum really or in, across different subject areas and indeed more widely um, than that. So I think it's you know yes it's important, but in t in terms of whether or not it's it it's you know, it only needs to, you know, fit within one particular subject area. Um, I think it's, it's something that needs to be more widespread. Hello. Um, is, there, is there any research around the consumption patterns of 
YouTube and online video in particular because I, I see you mention YouTube as short form video but now a lot of children if they're watching gaming content or they're watching even that like children repurpose content it's very very often plus 10 minutes plus 20 minutes so they're watching it in a similar way to how they used to do on mm. TV. We it's really hard in the quant survey to get at that kind of level of detail. What we will be doing, what, um, well indeed what we have done, because we've just done the second wave of the Children's Media Lives, we are asking in more detail about you know, their, you know, what those individuals are doing with their, with, when they're watching YouTube and, and other sorts of sites. So we will have some, you know, but again, qualitative information about that. I'm not sure, probably there'll be others um, in the room better able than me to, to know whether you know, what, what can be tracked um, in sort of, you know, user um, or server-side data on those sorts of things. Okay. Thank you very much.